Hey guys, good to talk to you this morning. Listen, it is August the uh, 19th, it's Wednesday morning, and it's about 10 o'clock, getting close to 10 o'clock as I record this, and just kind of give you a, a, a feel of where we are and what's going on. So I hope that you are, are you are ready to dive into God's Word this morning. If you are, if you can grab your copy of God's Word, whatever form it may be, digital or otherwise, and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 16. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16. I'll give you a moment to find that as we do that. I'll tell you, we want to look at what Paul has to say today about us being the t- temple of the Holy Spirit. <sighs> Man, I'm telling you, we live <laughs> these are crazy days, crazy times. I hope you're being safe. hope you're being careful. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the best thing to do because everything uh, seems to have a fallback. It, you know, it's, it's a two steps forward, one step back kind of thing. Uh, two steps forward, three steps back kind of thing. I, it's just It's just so crazy. Continue to pray for those who are suffering the ravages of the virus. Continue to pray that we will find a, a cure for the virus. And continue to pray that our nation's leaders, both those who speak medically, politically, organizationally, whatever, uh, will come to an understanding of common sense where uh, they're just, they're just, their focus is on uh, improving America instead of uh, getting involved in, in um, things that are dangerous or deadly or difficult or, or ruining our country. And so uh, we do pray for our leaders, and we do pray that God will bless those who have the virus, heal them, and that God will lead us to uh, to cure for the virus. Now, 1 Corinthians 3, beginning verse 16, Do you not know that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple, defiles the temple uh, of God, God will destroy him, and the temple of God is holy, or for the temple of God is holy, uh, which temple you are. And there's always been this um, inability to grasp or understand what it means when Paul says we are the temple of God. Now, for those who are wondering, who haven't been listening very long, I'm not fixing to give you an ivory tower discussion on what it means to be the temple of God. Not fixing to do that. I uh, Just not. That's not, not who I am. It's not what I'm about. I want to give you something to think about today and something that you can take with you. And hope, hopefully, when we are done, you say, hey, Brother Danny, you know what? That helped. Or, yeah, I understand that better. Or, or now I, I see, you know, where I need to do or whatever the, the case would be. But in the end, uh, we've held you, not hindered you. Uh, we may leave you with some questions. Uh, yeah, it may need to be further uh, examination and study. And that's okay. That's that's not a problem uh, as long as you're growing and going with the Lord. But Paul, once again, says, Do, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God uh, dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, uh, which temple you are. Now, when we begin to struggle with understanding this, again, understanding this, I think we begin with the fact that we are temporal, yet holy. We are passing through this, you know, this world, heaven, heaven's our home, not not now. There's a temporal side to our, uh, to our life. Uh, someone said... Uh, at some point, I remember hearing that this was, if I can get it, the cropper, cropper, I don't think cropper's a word, <laughs> proper explanation. Uh, but I've heard it said, I, maybe I should say this, I've heard it said, you know, we live long enough, we'll get sick and die. And um, I, <laughs> yeah, wow, what a negative, what a negative uh, viewpoint. But the truth is that, yes, he, he or she was right, that if we live long enough, you know, something will happen. Uh, it may be, as I've heard cases, you know, heart stops in the middle of the night where people are sleeping, there's never any suffering, blah, 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 and uh, and they're going to heaven. Or it may be something different. 
But the truth is, we are temporal beings. We are temporary here on this earth, but we are to be holy, be therefore perfect as he is perfect, is what Jesus said. If we're going to be the, the temple of God, then we have to be the holy people of God, the separated people of God. Doesn't mean we don't fail. Doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. Doesn't mean we don't need once in a while come back for correction and, and guidance and, and direction. It just means that overall we understand that while we are temporal, temporary here, we are to be holy while we are here. We are to be engaged as the temple of God, personally in serving the Lord. It is not, you know, hey, why don't somebody do that? Why don't somebody do this? How come they're not taking care of that? It is not the constant strain of complainers that we find in the world that they represent the temple of God. It is, it is those who are doing everything they can. Back in 2019, when I when I after I retired, I got an opportunity to preach in a number of churches, and boy, what a great time! It's some wonderful people. Uh, God, every church has its own personality. Well, at some point, um, which was probably in November, December, I got to go to South Macomb Baptist Church, where I serve now as their interim pastor, and um, I got to meet. I say I got to meet. I went there the day they were having. The prayer for the Operation Christmas Child Boxes. This is something that many churches do. It's not a Baptist thing. It's a thing. <laughs> the people do trying to bless the children of the world. It's an amazing ministry. They do amazing work. And yes, they're even doing it this year as well. Even in the pandemic, I don't know how they've worked all that out. I don't know how they get it done, but they're doing it. So anyway, in that in that time, like I said, either November, December, probably late November, maybe early December, I could go preach. I didn't know anybody in that church. They didn't know me. I go in and there's this this nice, beautiful building, beautiful sanctuary, but there's not a lot of people in there. And um, I thought, wow, okay. Thought, well, you know, they're out of the pastor and churches sometimes without pastors. We'll come to find out. No, no, that group of folks right there that day, they were faithful to their church. In fact, it took a pandemic. Uh, it, it, it took a, a a crisis, if you will, medically. Where people realize, many people in that church realize they can't go out. They need to. They need to self quarantine because of their own health issues, or because of health issues of people they they care about and love, and everything else. And so that's taking a, a big toll. In fact, about half of the people that we have who attend, uh, who who are regular attenders at South Montgomery Baptist Church, are now under self quarantine uh, because of you know either their health issues or the people they take care of. And so, boy, that, that pandemic has taken a toll on us. And But anyway, uh, we all understand that and we know what's going on there, but it has, it, it, it continues to, in many ways, take a toll on us. And so, I go back to where, where I got started. So I go in, and like I said, late November, early December. I had to be late November because I was somewhere else every, every Sunday in December. Um, they are doing their, their boxes, their Christmas boxes, and I got the opportunity to pray over those boxes. They set them out. Every church I know about does that. They they bring them up the front and some way, somehow pray over them. I don't know that the pandemic will change that. I, I, you don't necessarily put your hand on every box, although I've done that in the past. Um, may not do that. But anyway, so I prayed over them. And, and I was amazed that you had almost twice as many boxes that you had people in the church, you know, attending church. It's an amazing thing to me. Well, since that time, I've I've gotten, you know, uh, to be there in a pastor. I've been there in a pastor eight months. And the lady who was over it that day, who I didn't know, I've gotten to know. 
And boy, she has a heart for that ministry. She's involved in one way or another every day of the year, somehow thinking about praying for, encouraging others to take part of that ministry. She's always doing something to, to help that, help further that ministry along. And it has reminded me that, that the temple of God, the people who make up the body of Christ, the people who are, as Paul said, whose temple we are of God, they are involved personally in in you know in, in engaged personally in serving the Lord in some way and and for this dear lady uh, she works with young people she's got a number of things that she does but I always think about her first as Operation Christmas Child Lady uh, because she just seems to have a heart for that and boy look we ought to be we ought to be engaged somehow in some way in ways personally serving the Lord and so while temporal holy. Engaged personally in serving the Lord with a ministry mindset. That's the third thing. Those who are the temple, the body of Christ, for the temple of God is holy, which you are. For those who make up this holy body, this holy temple, if you will, their mindset, their thought is, is, is ministry minded. Whether it's the preaching of the word, praying, uh, giving, uh, fellowshipping, uh, teaching Sunday school, or bringing other people to Christ, whatever it is. There's always some ministry-minded. We've got a dear lady, South McComb, I'll use him again, we'll call names. Sunday school teacher, great lady, personally just admire her so much. And she really has a heart for Sunday school. Well, as I've already told you and, and, and clearly told you, uh, half of our church, almost half of the people who attend our church are now quarantined, self-quarantined uh, because of the virus. Now you add that, you know, people are having all kinds of flare-ups or... Oh, I've been exposed, all this kind of stuff. So you take those away, and then you go, you got vacations, you got other things. So the last couple of months have been kind of tough. But she has wanted to have her Sunday school. She's wanted to teach Sunday school. And so we went back for a while, having Sunday school, even though a lot of churches in the area haven't, especially a lot of church, churches that have our kind of makeup. But she, for a couple of weeks, went back and tried to do it, and, and now back into kind of a, okay, well, let's wait and see. Let's, let's pick another day and really get started. But boy, you can just tell she's a Sunday school teacher. She wants to teach Sunday school. And and she is ready to get back. Well, that's that ministry mindset. And she sings in the choir. Uh, she'll do other things, you know, give the announcements or tell kind of the opening, you know, kind of an opening story or whatever. <sighs> I just love people like that. People who are the temple of God do that. And in South Macomb, where I serve now, we have a number of folks that will do, you know, will do a multiplicity of things. Be always trying to build and grow the church. I never forget. Let me tell you the story. I never forget. Well, we go, we start January 1, or the first Sunday in January, whatever the day it was. And so, you know, I don't know anybody. In fact, it had been a couple of months since I've been there. Caleb, my son, preached the last Sunday in November, uh, December there. Um, and so I kind of talked to him a little bit, but it had been a while since I'd been. We had been in, uh, we had been in a, a, a church in Progress, Mississippi, preaching uh, the first four Sundays. I think there were five Sundays this year in Christmas, but we preached every Sunday in Christmas in Progress, except the last one, which we preached in Bogalusa. I said it had been a while since we'd been there. When I got there, uh, that first Sunday in January, also this wonderful couple began, uh, Stacy and, and uh, Deborah, they are just, oh gosh, they're just great folks. Love them to death. Well, they started leading the music. The same day Kathy and I came as the interim pastor. And, and, and look, if you know us, we kind of come as a team. You understand that. Uh, and and, and David, uh, uh, Stacy, and Deborah do too. 
And so anyway, we begin that first Sunday. I didn't know anything about the church. I'm trying to figure out this whole interim thing. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, I've, I've served in the ministry. I've served churches. I've been a pastor for 28 years. I was on staff eight years. I've never been in interim. And although that's one of the things I wanted to do in retirement, if God gave us health, I've never been in interim. So I didn't know exactly how that worked out totally. And I know that I had to, um, you know, I, there, were, there were things that expected me as pastor that I did as pastor. I couldn't do, I shouldn't do as interim because I'm, that's just it. I'm temporary. So anyway, we showed that first Sunday, uh, uh, Stacy and Deborah there, and, and Stacy decides to have choir practice. And I think he decided to have choir practice because some of the people there, they wanted to get their choir back. Oh, they got some wonderful folks with wonderful voices who love to sing. Uh, I never can understand these people who can sing beautifully, but don't really care whether they get an opportunity or not. Don't really care about the church's music. I just, it just, just drives me crazy. But anyway, I didn't know what they had. I didn't know if they, <laughs> I knew they'd had a choir. I knew they hadn't had them one in a while. But anyway, and so they had their first choir practice. Now, they don't know him. He doesn't know them. He brings in some music, whatever he finds. I don't even know. And I'm sitting in the, the pastor's office trying to figure things out and do, but it's right next door to the what I call the choir room. Oh my gosh, the music starts drifting in, and I'm just, I had to go out there and listen. It was awesome. And I go out, and there's five or six, ten, I don't know, five, six, eight, ten people. That number's been cut in half now because of the pandemic, you know, like everything else. And they got the most beautiful sound, and they have sung ever since. But in that, in that few minutes, I looked in that choir, and look, let me let me tell you, there's a man sitting in there uh, that does just about anything. He's a deacon. He opens the church, closes the church, helps it, you know, keeps the temperature regulated as some other guys do. And and he always says, anything you need, let me know. And, you know, there's this lady I talk about, Sunday school teacher. Another lady in there who isn't in the choir much anymore because she's a nurse, has a job at a hospital. She has to oversee things. She's not able to be with us as much. And I pray that she stays safe. And um, gosh, the lady runs our pre-K and, Oh my gosh, all these people, all of a sudden I realize not only are they members and not only do they come to church, they are leaders in the church and, and they're doing everything they can and they want to get that choir going and that ministry mindset. And from that second Sunday, didn't have one the first Sunday, but from that second Sunday on, they've had a choir every Sunday, I believe. And they've had choir practices a lot of the those Sunday nights. And boy, they'll, you know, they'll get in there and they'll sing and practice and they'll bless you in the church, all because there's a ministry mindset. David and uh, David, Deborah and Stacy have that mindset, and uh, they help lead that choir. And I tell you about Deborah. I, I mean, I'm not even sure she needs a keyboard to make music. Man, can she play that piano? <laughs> but anyway, ah, what a what a great couple. What a blessing the artist helped come back to church and to Kathy and I personally. Just just to hear their love for the Lord and their love for the church and and for the choir work and, and just see what they're doing. All ministry mindset. If we are the temple of God. If we're what God wants us to be, then we will have a ministry mindset. Now, there's a difference between ministry mindset and self-interest mindset. Uh, we want to grow the church. We want to bless the church. We have blessing to people. All that has to do with ministry. Selfishness is we want to do this. We like that. We want it this way. I haven't seen any of that in these folks. And so think about, think about that. They're passionate about the things of God. And listen, the things of God, are, you, know, and you think about it, are multi multifaceted. There are people that I've known the blessed ministry have been, boy, they just love the Lord, love God's people, love people, passionate about doing things. A couple weeks ago, we were getting ready. I, I think last week was the first week of our pre-K. I know that it was. And so the Sunday before, there were some guys in our church 
Now, the pre-K kindergarten at South Macomb is a longtime ministry. It's loved by many. But there was a guys on a Sunday afternoon after church. So we're at about 12 o'clock on. Go over there, and they're killing wasps, and they're checking out for dirt daubers and making sure all the drains are... I mean, they're just thoroughly checking the building. Not because they were asked to, but because they were passionate about that ministry. Like, man, that's the way it ought to be. You know, we ought to have a... Uh, a passion heart. And, and so let, let's catch up where we are. We're talking about being the temple of God. We're, you know, we're temple. In fact, we won't be here forever, but we're holy while we're here. We're engaged personally in serving the Lord. We're not, we're not cheering the team on. We're part of the team doing what needs to be done. We have a ministry mindset, looking for things that we can do, we should do, we ought to do, not pointing out to others this needs to be done, but saying, hey, come help me do this, or I'll take care of that, and, and making sure all those things, and then passionate about the things of God. That is what we're about. We are about those things. And, and people know that as God's temple, that's what we are about. And let me give you a, a, um, a physical example of, of, of being the temple of God and related, hopefully, to the spiritual example of us personally. Uh, some years ago, Spring Creek Baptist Church, we built a new building, moved across the road. Beautiful building, God blessed. And um, when we built our church, it, we built a multi-purpose building. Because it had to, we had to be able to do multiple things in there. That was one of the things about our older building we could not do. And we did not build, quote-unquote, uh, a recreational hall or something. And, and we wanted a place where our young people could have activities and our children could do things. And so we built a multi-purpose building. But one of the things that we were focused on, we wanted to make sure that no matter what you were doing in that building, you never forgot that it was a church. That it was an auditorium. It was a place where you go to worship God. Not just a place where you go to have fun, but you go to worship God. And so one of the things we did, we made sure that if you were playing basketball, volleyball, that court ran different than the sitting would be for the worship center. And so when you're in there for church, you're sitting different. You're not looking at the place where you've made a basketball goal. You're not looking at the place where you've, you know, hit the hit the ball over the volleyball net or kickball, whatever you've done there. But you're looking and sitting in a worship center. And I'm going to tell you, the people that designed that and did that, they did a great job. You can go in there when it's ready uh, ready for worship and never even realize it's a multi-purpose building. In fact, I'll, I'll tell you this story. We, we were finishing the building and... <coughs> Excuse me. No cough button. Uh, we were finishing the building there and uh, these guys one day, I, I, I don't know who started it. I don't know... Uh, but they brought in this cross. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. And hung it up over the baptistry. And they put these, I think they're called LED lights in it. And it has this, um, controller where you can turn on different, you know, light, uh, variations. Whew, man, they ain't no doubt when you go in there and other things on this church. It just makes such a difference. And that's because they were passionate about the things of God. They wanted to use our building. That's why we built it, for the glory of God, doing all kinds of things. But they wanted to make sure when we came in there to worship God, people knew that's what we were there for. Passionate about the things of God. Well, so they put the cross up, and and uh, like I said, it just changed everything. Well, to go back and finish, here's this building that we've built to do a multiplicity of things in, and we have done when I was there, the, the, the years we were in that bill, we did a multiplicity, no, multiplicity of things. I don't know they've been able to do that in the last year because we had as much because we've had this pandemic. I do know they've got to have Bible school and other things. So they're still doing a multiplicity of things even in the pandemic. But, oh, man, this pandemic has changed so much. But anyway, when they put that cross in there and got everything in the stage area, you're looking at that stage, 
you absolutely forget you're in a building while other things are done. In fact, it would often be the case people come and they'd visit with us and uh, then they would notice after several visits and kind of relaxing a little bit, whatever, that there were lines on the floor. There's this carpet on the floor and it is really laid up as a basketball floor. It's a basketball arena or whatever you want to say. (coughs) Sorry, once again, still no call button. So anyway, anyway, (coughs) excuse me. So anyway, People would ask once in a while, what are these lines for? Is that, well, that's a basketball configuration on the floor. When we move all the chairs out, which is a major task, and play basketball, we have a basketball. I said, really, I never knew you could do that. Well, that's because when you came here, you were in the worship city, worship area, and that's because some of our people who are passionate about God made sure that when you come in that place, you understand that you are there to worship and you're able to worship God. When we are God's temple, when we are what Paul says here, we are passionate about the things of God. Temporal, but holy. Engaged personally in serving the Lord. Having a ministry mindset. Passionate about the things of God. Loving God. Loving people. Listen, you can have the right building physically. You can have everything. But if you don't have a heart for God and for God's people, and for people who need to become God's people, you have missed the point. As the living temple of God, we should have a heart for God and a heart for people. Case closed. Doesn't matter what what they've done, where they've been, what they say, who they are. Case closed. All souls matter. All lives matter. We want to help the lost. We want to we want to bring them to Christ. We want to take the brother or sister in Christ that is struggling, that is faltering or failing at the moment, uh, that is weakened by some storm in life. We want to help them become strong again in their faith or whatever they need, passionate about the things of God because we love God and love people. And then finally, and finally, we want to make sure that that we are entering the dark world shining a bright light, that we are entering the darkness of this world, of this place, shining the light of Christ on the things that need uh, to be, that needs to be shined on. And so we want to make sure that we're doing the things we need to do, that we're shining the light of Christ everywhere it needs to be shined. And, f- and finally, and we'll go, because I know it's getting late, we respect and take care of ourselves and or take care of ourselves. In other words, we understand God has given us this life that is precious. And we want it to reflect His love, His values. And so we do our very best, do the best we can to take care of ourselves. Well, God bless you. I'm glad you were here. Uh, I hope today is the temple of God. You will you will respond and react as that temple. Be holy as he is holy. Do the things he would have you to do. DSPreacherMan at gmail.com, all our case. Way to contact us. Send us your prayer request. Look us up on DK Ministries. Look us up on your favorite podcast venue, Declaring the Word, Proclaiming the Word Ministries. Uh, the DK Ministries, Proclaiming the Word. Uh, we'll be glad that. Thank you for listening today. Hey, tell others about us. Uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate the new listeners we have. I hope this has been a blessing to you. God bless you. Have a good rest of the day.